Hello and welcome back to the Build Shop Podcast. I am one half of the hosting crew, Ryan Brath, and my host is with me this evening. Mike, how are you doing? RB, I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing good. Doing really good. You know, and um, it's uh, we haven't had great weather recently, but uh, the game's been okay. I had a chance to go out and play a few nine holes. It's kind of how I get my golf in. Um, but, you know, I have to start the show. First off, congratulations to you. You know, we, it's a couple of weeks ago now, we, we talked about the Olympics. Uh, you picked. Nellie Corder to win. She said she was, she was playing hot, the hot play stuck through. And uh, so all congrats to you for the pick. I, my, my pick did not do as well in B park, but uh, what did you think of the Olympics? Did you get a chance to catch any of it live or just highlights? What, what was your experience with it? Uh, I, for both Olympic golf, I didn't watch much, um, but I caught, you know, pieces here and there. I didn't even realize it was over. I thought it was, another week left to go, but, uh, but yeah, no, I watched little bits of it and it was great, uh, email TV to do. You could get your emails done at night and watch some late night sports. So no, it was good. The Olympics are always, the Olympics are always fun. Yeah. I knew it was like, for me, it was one of those things where the rain delay kicked in and it was getting late. I'm not going to make it. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to make it. And then I I was like flipping through the channels, watching someone else on TV. And I finally decided to go to bed and I'm laying in bed at this point, like 45 minutes has gone by. And I thought, you're going to be such a loser if this comes down to like something crazy and you're sitting here like checking the scoreboard on your phone yeah. instead of just going to like the room where the television is. Yeah. And so ended up going back down, like down to our basement. We got, um, that's where the TV is because the little one sleeps upstairs. So we, uh, I put it back on and watch it come down the stretch. And uh, it was exciting to watch. I, I didn't watch the playoff for silver. But uh, to see Nelly win and, and, you know, it goes to show the advantage of being a, a, an accurate and long driver of the golf ball. Yeah. Like we see it on the people talk about like players on the PGA tour being long and strokes gained. We don't have stroke gained on the LPGA tour, but to see her versus um, a DD Ashok, like to see that, like they were tied at one point, but just like, and Aditi was like plus 13 strokes gained putting. Like that's, that was insane. Yeah. But, but to like, you know, it's only going to go so far, like other parts of your game have to keep up and they just didn't for her. They did for the other players. Uh, I was hoping for a medal. I thought it would have been an amazing story, but as far as like seeing Nelly win again, congrats to you, Mike, you picked, you, you picked a winner. You rode the winner right into the gold medal. And uh, you know, I actually, it's like, this is interesting because what I want to, I'm going to get you really, I really want to get your take on this is that, um, I had mentioned, I threw this out on Twitter because the match has always been like four dudes. Mm-hmm. And I think the next match, I don't care if it's, if Phil's involved or not, but it's gotta be, you gotta have the two gold medalists involved somehow Xander and Nelly either playing against each other or on a team, but oh, who would be the other two people? Like who would you think of would be the two people that you could either play against or they would partner against. I could imagine them picking celebrities and playing against each other. But if it's, if we're picking like golf pros versus pros, who's it going to be? Who's you going to be your other pick? If you had to pick a male and a female golfer. I mean, if the stars could align, I would like to see Tiger and Annika versus Nelly and Xander. I think that would be a great ass whooping. If that ever happened, I think it'd be amazing to see. Um, but for celebrities, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of Xander and Nelly being on a team, you know, gold medalist versus, I don't know, maybe the top, the top number one, LPGA player, obviously, I think Nelly's number one right now. So maybe that would drop down to number two. And then number one in the world for us right now for men would be Rom. Yeah, John Rom. So I don't know. It is Rom, isn't it? I think it's Rom. Maybe gold versus gold and or gold versus number ones or whatever. That'd be that'd be interesting. I think, you know, it would I think it's a great way to showcase the women's game and also uh, just like again. Just so you see it, like there's just a different way to present it, right? I mean, there's been mixed events on the Ladies European Tour in Australia. I know Jeff Ogle has been a big proponent of that uh, for a number of. I think the Vic Open did that. I think it was the yeah, it was the Vic Open. You can check it out. Um, but to me, I think that that would be like a cool way to like showcase it because like it's just it's basically been like four dudes in carts, which is fine. Like that's great. But wasn't the Swedish Open a mixed event? It was hosted by like Annika and uh, Sensen. Yeah, recently actually, that was just a, like a month or two ago. I know there was yeah. an event where uh, it was mixed. Like they they played sep they played the same golf course and they played uh, like like concurrently, 
but there were two separate events going on. I thought that was another one that was really cool to to see. Um, Now we've got a guest coming up later on uh, in the show. We've got uh, Marshall Thompson from Fuji Kura golf. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, We're not going to keep this, the front end of the portion kind of short today because we did have a fairly long interview with Marshall. So I'm going to ask you, you know, I, I mean, I've answered some questions this week on Instagram. We're going to not do like the full question thing, but being in the fitting bay this past week and being in the shop, is there anything that's like sticking out as far as stuff that's popular? You know, you've got the new Titleist irons in uh, or any cool builds that are going on right now? Yeah, it's funny. I've actually had uh, a couple customers the last few days um, fit into concept irons, the O3s. And it's not one we talk about, I would say enough or, or gets kind of the the showcase enough. It's kind of the dark horse of the Titleist line, but a um, couple sets of those out the door this week, which is nice. They're so good. I mean, every time customer leaves, I I hit a few just to see how good they are, and um, my wallet starts to shake because I can't afford them. Um, but no, lots of yeah. So there'll be a couple concept builds coming out, and then a customer sent me those National Custom Work heads. Ooh, and, uh, what, what and, kind of, what's the style of the muscle on those things? Uh, it's like that, you know, that kind of like St. Andrew's cross style that they've done in the past. Yes. Um, it's, he's kind of got something similar to that. It was, they turned out great. The heads were extortionately heavy. Uh, um, but yeah, no, they, it worked out. There's, I think some modus one twenties went in those with some one-off BBNF co-ferrule. So those were fun to build. And, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been crazy products been going out the door fits have been going well. Um, yeah, it's just like the product we're, we're adding more demos this week. So we're extending the, the line of Acra shafts, um, extending the line of Fuji shafts. We're, we're going deeper into Vista pro, um, the new badass shaft from VA, um, <laughs> that's on the wall, sold a couple of those last week. So um, yeah, some, some really cool add-ons, which I'm excited for it just makes the demo matrix a little bit more in depth and gives us some more options, price points and stuff like that. But builds and builds and fits have been good this week. Yeah, I know. Uh, actually it's funny. I, um, I'd worked with some acro stuff recently and I was just, uh, I was messing around with an FX, uh, 3.0. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's, uh, you know, mess around with some like longer drivers and shorter drivers just to kind of, you know, everyone's looking for distance. We're always messing around. That's what we do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, the guy, first of all, I think the graphics look really cool on them. I know that has no effect on performance, but, uh, I know I did hit it before another driver before I swapped into the one now. And I, I like to feel those shafts. I think it's, everyone looks at, and then we get actually, it's funny because we get into this conversation with, I get into this conversation with Marshall. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, Ventus is like the, the supercar. It's the one that everyone kind of you know references because it's there, you see it on tour, but that those products don't always translate to the club player or yeah. the average player, right? So like how many 7X drivers are you going to fit into somebody? Whereas like a, a 55 Vista Pro or, or like um, something that's lighter weight in the irons is such a, it's an advantage for those players and how the technology kind of comes from one and, and learning from one product goes to the, the other stuff in the line. And it, again, offers different price points and all those different things. You mentioned the VA shafts and we want to plug this. I'm sure I'm hoping, you know, we've got some new listeners recently because we just launched a big contest on our YouTube page. We are giving away a trip to Pinehurst with, uh, you're going to be playing some golf with Matt and Ian. Uh, you can, you can, uh, you can go to our Instagram page and go to Twitter. You can go to the YouTube page. You can find the contest link, uh, within the, co- with not within the comments, but within the description of our announcement video. And there you can find all the different ways to enter. And one of them happens to be following along and subscribing to our podcast. So, you know, if we've got some new listeners out there, welcome to the show. And if you are listening to this and, you know, it hasn't surpassed September 3rd yet, which was the final day for entry, uh, be sure to sign up. You do have to be a resident of uh, Canada or the United States just because of travel restrictions currently in place um, and have a valid passport if you are a Canadian. So those things are a factor. But other than that, Check it out. Uh, there's lots of different ways to enter. It's not just one way to enter. I think we have up to eight different ways to enter the contest. Love it. And uh, I was following our our Twitter page. I do manage a lot of the social media. We got over a thousand new t- like Twitter followers today. And my phone, I realized I had to turn the notifications on. So I was going ding, 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 ding. I ding. um I am in the process of turning notifications off because 
mid-fit today, my phone was, it died because <laughs> it buzzed too much. Um, I thought someone died or something and I didn't, re- I forgot that was coming out today. Um, I think I've been tagged in, I don't know, a hundred things so far. <laughs> Tagging me does not help your chances of winning. I saw uh, some requests. They wanted Mikey to go along too. I know, I know. So, um, no, Pinehurst is a, is a great spot. I've been uh, with my dad. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's an awesome, it's, it's insane. It's literally golfers, Disneyland. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a, uh, it's something that, you know, it's not a place that I've ever visited, uh, as far as golf trips are concerned is, and being like focal points of a trip. I've only ever been out to Cabot and that even wasn't like the focal point of the trip. We were there for a couple of days or three days total, I guess. Um, but it was more so like entire East coast, like we went up and down everywhere. And that was the only place I really, we all played golf played with my wife as well. I had a blast out there and I think, uh, people are in for the year they opened. It was the, yeah. So the year, uh, we played cliffs was the year it opened. So there was like the preview play, the, like that fall before, and there was like a Graham Dillette versus Graham McDowell, I think, or something match out there. RBC Um, thing. Yeah. And then, um, in the, in the spring summer was when preview play was like tea times every 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, I knew somebody who worked out there. I didn't, didn't give me an in at the time. And he basically said, listen, call morning of the likelihood of you getting out. is probably pretty high because a lot of people either cancel or they, they, they've already played their 18 holes in the afternoon. And they don't play because they're, they're whooped because they got to walk. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when they go or they, they think they're going to do it. And they realize that, you know, uh, the dogs are barking after 18 holes and it's just not going to work. So got a, we had a beautiful day. It was like, there was like no wind out there. It was like 68, 70 degrees, okay. no humidity off the ocean. It was perfect. Uh, so it was an enjoyable day. And I know a lot of people have, uh, we've seen the the numbers on the contest already. Be sure to go to the link. Um, it's a, it's a great, it's something that we're really proud of. We've been working on it for a long time. And uh, so with that in mind, you know, check that out. So now, last but not least, I got to ask you, you know, one more thing, Mike, mm-hmm. how's the game doing? You know, you got any new clubs in the bag, anything you've been tweaking with? Because I just, I recently just went out and played my first round of persimmon golf this year. And uh, I was like, I had a blast. I kind of forgot how much fun it was. I was wondering if you had a chance to do that yet this year or not. I have, uh, I have too many golf clubs. <laughs> I, need to seek, I need to seek help. I'm on, uh, I'm on three wood number three. Um, I put in a little TSI two, 16 and a half degree set to D one, a little lower, a little flatter, um, have not hit it yet. Um, so that'll be interesting. Hopefully put that in play on Thursday. Um, uh, but game is, game is okay. I've been, uh, I've been playing a couple little games at the club with some guys and, um, winning a couple bucks here or there and got my next round of club season, I think next Thursday. So yeah, it's, um, the game is okay. I, I, I severely need to just go spend an hour and practice pitching and chipping, just kind of tighten things up again. Cause I have been notorious for an after work. Oh, I'm going to go practice. And then not a lot of people know this, but my first tee at the club is always dead. And you're like, oh, I'll just go, I'll just go play nine holes instead, which is not ideal. So lots of playing this year, not a lot of practicing been doing uh my stack system which is nice i'm really enjoying that um weirdly i'm pretty sure i'm seeing already some small gains out on the golf course i've been in places the last couple probably over the last week in places i've never been which is pretty cool um so enjoying that but yeah trying to trying to stay you know tip-top shape on my game but yeah we're uh Looking forward to playing. I got a lot of golf coming up in the next next few weeks. I actually almost tried to book a trip today. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, book a trip to Boston. Um, I'm going to go play the country club. I'm going to go play Boston Golf Club. Um, so, yeah, I've been trying to look for flights uh, earlier today. So excited <laughs> for, for some golf coming up. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. Um, I was, I've been doing the stack. I'm almost done the first like, uh, like whole series. So it's like 18... 18- like yeah. workout or sessions. And for those who have asked, that a lot of people reach out on social media. I've basically gone from roughly hundred to 101. If I was like firing all cylinders, which to me, I always thought I was a lot faster, but I, you know, the numbers didn't lie. I was definitely slow and I was around the 100 to 101. And now 
on course, I'm in that like 108, 109, 110 range. Okay. And I've, I've actually got a couple that were a little higher. We're just on clubhead speed, seeing the ball speed, like majorly jump. And it is unbelievable. So, and I like kind of to your point, like when I do practice, I just go practice my short game and I'll hit, then I do hit some drivers in my garage. There's really no point like hitting into the net with the little monitor set up. Uh, just, there's no real point of practicing irons unless I'm just working on a swing thing, which I never am. So it's always like short game and driver. And I found that that really helps. Like, you know, driving such an important part, short game, such an important part. Obviously Colin Morikawa has proven that approach is very important as well. Uh, so I work on that too, but you know, if I put myself close to the green every time, it just makes everything a lot easier. So Definitely. I know that is a fun system that I've also been enjoying. And I know that we, we talked about that in the past and it is, I, I found that gains really quickly kind of plateau a little bit. And then you just like slowly build, 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 build. Cause I, I felt that lull like a little bit in the middle. I've talked to other people that have used it and to see like towards the end, I was like, oh, man, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe I gotta like start like, like creating an actual, like more of a workout plan and more of some others like physical fitness stuff. And then yeah. it just kind of slowly kept keeping up and like, okay, well there's, you know, there's other things going on, like like little stretching routine and those kind of things. But uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, it's always fun to see uh hashtag gains. Right. That's that's like the key one that you just said though the whole stretching thing like the the starting point of like the warm up with the stack system is great, but like I've started to incorporate that like on the morning range session before I tee off. Huge, huge, um, huge. And you know now that the gyms are back open, early mornings, couple days a week, I can go in and do like I used to do a lot of hot yoga. This hot yoga studio is not on, but it's just regular yoga. I mean, how unflexible you become after. 12 months of not really stretching. I mean, yeah, I could do yoga at home, but I just was never interested. Um, <laughs> but being, you know, being able to, to stretch and, and have that flexibility. And I was quickly, I was speaking with a guy and uh, you know, like a box jump. A lot of people. Yeah. Do that yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking to build one right now. Um, he's like, he was like, that is by far one of the best things to do for, he goes, I hate when I see guys at the golf course, like bend over and try to stretch their hamstrings. He goes, literally just jump as high as you can. He goes safely, but he goes, that explosiveness will give you that kind of help with ground force and stuff like that. And I've been reading up on that the last, the last couple of nights. So just, it's nice to have the gyms back open and get back into them. I've really tried to incorporate certain workouts with stack. One thing I will say, do not lift weights and then try to go back and swing the stack system. <laughs> it does not work. That's funny. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I actually, I think so. I think I tried it once where I had to do two sessions back to back. It killed my grit score because I wasn't following the program and yeah. I realized it wasn't a good idea. Uh, so and that's the key. The key to the system is like the app that, that kind of goes through the AI and does all this stuff. I, I, I can't really explain exactly how it works, but I know that it yeah. does work and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so yeah, be sure to check that out. So without further ado, Mike, you know, great talking to you as always. I know it's, it was a little, we, we kind of cut this one. I said short and then we talked for like 25 minutes, but uh, you know, we got a conversation with, with Marshall Thompson from Fuji Kerr. We're going to get to that. Remember everybody follow along social media, RDS Brath. Simple, Mike, Mike TXG. TXG. <laughs> simple, simple. And, uh, you know, check out the contest. To those who are new to the channel, new to the show, new to the channel, thank you for following along. And if you, if you followed in, you haven't, you know, checked out the social, I know we've all posted it from TXG. I know I posted it, you shared it as well. So be sure to check out the contest. We're really excited for it. And so without further ado, turn it over to my conversation with Marshall Thompson from Fujikara. So I'd like to welcome to the very first time, Marshall Thompson from Fuji Kerr to the Build Shop Podcast. Marshall, how are you today? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to doing this with you. Yeah, I know. We, 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 uh, we've we been trying to schedule you for like a while now. I know you've been, you're on the road tonight. Like I know it's a, it's a busy, uh, busy time of year right now. Um, but before we get into it, you know, you're, like you said, you're on the road, but let's talk about what you do for Fuji Kerr. Maybe why you're on the road this evening and, and where you are and all that kind of stuff. And uh, just give us an introduction about yourself. Sure. So I've been with Fujikura for, let's see, 12 years now. And I started as an intern in the tour department. And then flash, flash forward 12 years later, I am a tour representative. So I kind of handle the Corn Ferry, a lot of college, AJGA. I, hit, I head out to a handful of PGA Tour events. Um, and then inside, I work with our product development team and engineering and you know, making the world's greatest golf shaft and then testing them out, um, whether it's on our Enzo camera system or we have a test panel of 
50 to 75 players that test our product for us regularly. So just always pushing the limits on, on design. And we've got a great team with a lot of experience. So um, we're just going to keep our head down and doing our thing. So you mentioned something there. So I'm taking a complete left turn from what I said I was going to talk about just a moment ago. Um, <laughs> and that is, so you started as an intern in the tour department. How, how did, how did that come to be? Cause now as someone who was a kid who like worked in golf retail and always wanted to like be out on tour, that is like, okay, how, how did that happen? You know, I, this is going to be funny too. It was my mom. <laughs> so we were, I was a country club kid growing up. My parents were members at Shatter's country club and at the place, uh, Dave Schneider, our current CEO and Pete Sanchez, uh, who was a CEO, COO at the time. Um, you know, my, I just got back from studying abroad in London and finishing up, um, some education and, you know, my love for golf was always there. And she said, Hey, you know, Pete, do you have anything available? And he said, sure, bring them in for an interview. So I went in for an interview and literally knew nothing about building clubs or, you know, I knew, I knew golf at the time. I didn't really know much about shafts or, uh, club heads like I do, um, today, or even the fitting process. So, uh, my mom went to bat for me and then, um, yeah, before you know it, they hired me and they put me, they stuck me in the tour department, which of all places was just the place I would have loved to go. And honestly, it started with organizing shaft bins from, you know, t tour stock that was either, you know, given back to us or had been a couple of years old. And I started out organizing that and then club building and then fitting. And then, you know, and then I got to go out and do what I love to do and work with a lot of, you know, high profile players and custom fit them for, you know, the greatest, greatest shafts on the planet. So. That's a, that's an interesting story, especially from like where you like started, like, you know, or basically like organizing shafts and those kind of things, because I know one of the questions I get, I know Mike gets as well, which is funny because Mike was someone who reached out to not myself, but Ian Fraser and uh, mm -hmm. we were at somebody else. And then he came in and he hung out with us in the build shop where I worked or where we worked all together. Uh, and it's, it's the question of like, where do I get started? And to be all like, I just, I kind of immersed myself and this sounds, makes me sound so old, but it's like pre-internet. Yeah. And it was like, like it was, it was Golfsmith magazines and like golf digest what's in the bag and all these like club building magazines for myself, which I just got like complete, again, just completely immersed in trying to like learn specs and figure out what they all meant and those kind of things. And in a way that's, you know, when people ask like, Oh, how did you learn about tipping a golf shaft? Or how did you understand hard stepping or soft stepping? Well, it's cause I kind of just started doing it and reading about it. And for you, it was like, well, I started kind of counting golf shafts. That was the first job they gave me. And then I learned to do the rest of it. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was fortunate, you know, I've got two, two great mentors that really looked after me, Pat McCoy and John Hovis, and they kind of took me under their wing and, you know, I didn't know anything about fitting. I just knew that I love golf. I was a decent player. Um, I had never gone through the fitting process before until I went to Fujikura. And then, you know, before we know it, we're testing shafts and different heads and, um, you know, and then I saw a big improvement. And I think that's where I finally saw, you know, my passion was for the fitting side of it. And, you know, so I remember taking shafts and going out to the back and different profiles and tipping one an inch, one an inch and a half. Um, or, or no tip or, um, and just seeing what the CPM difference was and then taking those out and building them up and trying them in drivers. And at that time we didn't have quick connect technology. So you'd have to uninstall and reinstall and uninstall and reinstall to get, you know, performance that was somewhat, you know, one, you keep one variable the same. And I think we were using a vector launch monitor at that time, you know, and, and or maybe the original TrackMan with that, you know, massive silver suitcase. So, <laughs> You know, I didn't, I, I just, I knew I loved golf, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was a good opportunity. And I just, I fell into the right spot at the right time and got some great mentors who still look after me. And I still work with this to the, uh, to this day. And you just start becoming hungry for knowledge. And, you know, it was, how do I make myself better? And then it was, how do I make a consumer better? And then it was, well, how do I make a tour player play better? Um, and you just, you just start learning on the fly and, and you, you know, it's almost like you're a little kid again and a sponge and just absorbing as much information as you can. And you hear people talking the lingo and you're like, what the heck are they talking? It sounds like a foreign language. And, you know, before you, you know, to fast forward 12 years, I'm probably that guy now, you know, but it's been a good ride. And, you know, my passion for this game 
it continues to grow daily. And I still, I think I love golf more than now than, than I ever have. And, you know, I don't get to play as much anymore, but I still, I, gosh, I love this damn game. It's, it's, it's so fun to be around. It, it is one of those things that I think a lot of people in the industry share is, is like, you know, you're around it all the time. You don't always get to play like as much as anyone would ever want to. Right. And I get that. I think a lot of us experience that in no matter what walk of life that we have, but it is a really cool privilege to be able to like work around something that you enjoy. And I don't take that for granted. Cause I know people that, you know, they, they have a great job and it might pay really well, but you know, they want to be around. They like, they talk to me about golf and they're like, what do you do all day? Like, well, I talk about golf. And then what do you do after? Well, then I watch golf on TV and I watch the highlights and I hang out in my build shop and mess around with stuff. And that's just kind of like what I do. So yeah. it, it is fun to be able to do that. But, um, you know, let's, let's talk about the product side because this does transfer, right? Like the idea of being able to develop product for players of all skill level and of all club head speed and all of those different things. Uh, but you know, when we, we talk about Fujikura, I think a lot of people, you know, originally I would say a lot of people would always think about the speeder because that was, yeah. it is such a legendary brand within Fujikura and within the shaft industry and the 757, which I know is, yeah. is, is still a, uh, a shaft that kind of rests on the higher, like the, the Mount Rushmore of, of aftermarket product. But there's another one right now that's obviously extremely popular. It's done very well on tour and that is the Ventus. And it's yeah. recently made its way into hybrids. We've seen different profiles. It started with the blue and the black and then the red. And what's that like when you have a product and you're working with players and not just high-level players, but just players across the board and you have a product and you just see it picking up steam because there's something about it that just works. Like, what is that like working with players and also from the development side and you're like, guys, we really got something here. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to back up just a little bit. And when you talk about the fitting and having options available for everyone, that's what Fuji, that's what we pride ourselves in is having products that are available for not just the tour pros for, you know, just people that enjoy golf and they want to continue to get better. And that's why we make a wide variety of product. And I've always talked about the golf swing. It's like a thumbprint that's unique to an individual. Everybody has their own unique swing and swing print and how they deliver the club to the ball. And not everybody is going to want or, or should use the same shaft. And that's why we make a wide variety of product. And yeah, going back to the speeder seven, five, seven days, that seven at the end of it is actually for the year 1997 when it was first um, introduced to market. And we were, you know, at that time there, there was some golf repair, you know, but anytime somebody would break a shaft in a driver, they would go and, you know, pay, 30 bucks and get another shaft installed. You know, there wasn't anything really groundbreaking at that time. And we were one of the first companies to create a shaft that was over $300 and everybody, we, we were laughed at, you know, it's like, this is never going to sell. What are you guys doing? And next thing you know, it's, it's, it's taking the tour by storm because we use some exotic materials and how we laid that up and it lowered launch and lowered spin. And at that time that was a premium because club had spin, spun a lot more than they do today. Um, and so having that product really break through at the tour level, I think just opened up a lot of avenues for our dealers then to go ahead and sell a $300 shaft and realize, Hey, we can make some money doing this. And, you know, and then flash forward to where we are now. Um, yeah, Ventus, Ventus was a lot of R and D work and, and utilizing systems like, uh, you know, our Enzo, our 3d motion capture camera system, and really putting in the grunt work of testing the product and, and testing it at multiple, you know, uh, skill levels and different speeds. And you can go, you can, you can almost get sick looking at how much data, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at and trying to, you know, latch onto something and find why is this shaft going to be the next greatest thing. And, you know, when we look back at it, it was just how we built the shaft. We, we built it to resist twist and how I've talked about um, graphite, composite shafts is that, you know, we have the ability to control bending stiffness and torsional stiffness separately. So by having, you know, using a pitch 70 ton material, which is one of the stiffest materials out there and putting it on that bias layer, which is at plus or minus 45 degrees, which affects your torsional twisting. Um, it just reduced the shaft from twisting through impact. And so we saw ball speeds go up on off center hits. We saw a result, um, that players were hitting more center of the face which to me is one of the most important parts of the, of the fitting process. 
And, and with that, you're, you're going to get increased ball speed um, by hitting the center of the face. And you're going to should hit a straighter shot because you're not hitting, you know, toe or heel side and getting the gear effect, you know, a lot of, a lot of movement on the golf balls. So yeah, we were ahead of our time when we had the speeder seven, five, seven came out and we were the first ones to explore some exotic materials. And now we're pushing the boundaries on, you know, we're always getting new materials, but how we lay these up is the most important part. And we've got, you know, probably a hundred plus years of experience mixed in with our whole engineering group. And, um, you know, and then now we have ways to measure it and, you know, we have a tip flex machine, a butt flex machine, a CPM machine, an EI machine. Um, and we have an Enzo machine that can show me how the shaft is bending, deflecting and twisting in 3d space. So technology has allowed us to, to get to the point to where we are. And then we back it up and we verify it with launch monitor data. So your GC quad and your track man, those are all there to um, validate the product and, and we put it through the test panel. And if it shows that it's working for, you know, our 75 plus testers that are coming in, I, I think it's going to do really well, not only on the tour level, but also on the aftermarket level too. Yeah. The, the measurement thing is, is so interesting to me. And I am someone who uh, actually has uh, personally one of your very old five inch pneumatic clamping systems, CPM machines. I'd, uh, it's a long story how I got it, but I do have one. It's pretty cool. I use it fairly often. Uh, nice. but it does come down to the, the, it's, it's one thing to say something does something right. And that, that applies to anything in life, right. You know, you see claims on TV, you know, you're going to run fast. You're going to like those, uh, what are they? The, the Nike shoes that have the thing that allowed marathon runners to, to actually literally transfer more energy, right. To their, to their speed, like their, their, their stride. There's the word I'm looking Ooh. for. And yeah. for golfers now, like we have this measurable technology and from a club fitting side of things, like we, we, uh, like the old vector launch monitor, which had like the <laughs> camera system and you'd use yeah. the mouse and you'd line it. You'd find the two dimples that look the same. Yeah. Or you'd line the line up to the thing and you try and figure all this stuff out. Whereas now it really is data driven because we are looking at how we see it in strokes gained. We see it in all different levels of golf that, the ability to understand the data that we're looking at now to create something that actually helps people. And you touched on a really good point there. And this is a question we get all the time about steel versus graphite is steel is a homogeneous material. Now, whether what, what type of like alloy they're using for lighter weight stuff or whatever it happens to be graphite really does have, or, or composite shafts. We want to use that has this almost, almost limitless ability to mix and match. And to your point, you can have shafts that are very, very stiff in the tip, but feel softer because they're underneath the handle. And then you have like profiles like the, say the Ventus Black, for example, which is pretty much stiff all the way throughout, but still works for a number of players depending on how they load the shaft and speed and all of these different things. And, you know, before you'd be like, you know, I would always hear it all the time. And again, I'm talking my old golf retail days. This is now that I say it like oh, 20 years, 15 years ago. And it's like, people would come in like, I swing really fast. I need a stiff tip shaft. And you're like, okay, well, that's, you just saying that because it has, it says on the shaft, like it says it on the shaft, but like, what does that mean? Now we can quantify it. And I think that's the most amazing yeah. thing about what we can have with fitting. And you see that with shafts all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we do have the ability to, to measure things. And you're right. Data, data runs the world, you know, and, and we, we rely so heavily on, especially track mans and, and, and GC quads and, and measuring impact locations and start directions and, um, you know, spin and launch and descending angle peak height. And we're using all of these, um, you know, to, to measure how well we're hitting the golf ball on the golf course. And, and I think that's what people noticed is, and, you know, we lean on, we lean on our charter dealer network too, of, you know, five to 700 plus charter dealers across the United States. And we were telling people go get fit. And when they went and fit and then they would use a Fuji Kura product, we were winning most of the, you know, most, most of those battles, if, if, if not almost all of them. And we saw that on the tour level too. And so, you know, it was a, it was a big aha moment. We, we, we did create something that is going to be on the same level as speeder seven, five, seven, when we saw, you know, how fast it, the Ventus was um, uh, adopted on tour. And then at the consumer level, that's what, that's the, that's the level I think has been, you know, the most shocking is, is to, to hear how many 
consumers go and get fit and, and then give you those testimonials that this is the best thing I've, I've ever hit in my life. And, and I've changed my game. I'm now breaking 80 or breaking 70 or whatever it is. And, um, I'm, I think that's the amazing thing is to see how well it's doing at a tour level, but how well it's doing at a, at a consumer level. And uh, I, I, we take a lot of pride in it and we don't release anything until we know that it's significantly better right? It needs to, it needs to be superior than, than the last year's model. And there need, there's a certain specific goal in mind. Um, when, when we have these products, it's not just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks it's, there's a purpose. And, um, and I think we, we hit gold obviously with Ventus, you know, we've done really well, you know, on the PGA tour this year, I think we, gosh, we've won the Daryl survey, I think like 26 events and that's just starting at like the century um you know last year's schedule kind of got a little bit messy so if we just started the century i think you know we've had 26 wins and you know even if you look at last week at the wgc we had 36 ventus in play and it wasn't just one model it was six reds i think there was um 15 blues and and, and 16 blacks so it's it's a it's a mix of of it's a mix of all all models and then even to look at the barracuda last week at ben I mean, gosh, we had 101 wood shafts in play at the Barracuda and we had 61 Ventus in play last week. And I would say the, the black is probably the most popular, but there's still people playing a significant amount, the red and the blue. So it's not just one model. It's, it's, it's all of them. And, and it's, it's understanding, you know, how a shaft is bending, deflecting and twisting. Right. And, and we know that each Ventus model, the red is going to add a dynamic loft because it's going to lead more going to into impact, you know, um, you know, with the blue and the black, we kept the tip section identical. We just changed the handles in the midsection between those two, but you get the same tip. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, strategy and, and, and the profiles we're trying to create. And we have some beautiful minded engineers that, that are able to manufacture these designs and gosh, we put them through the ringer. So, um, yeah, data runs the world and, and we're, you know, we're backing up our claims, you know, that, that we said, Ventus, this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, it, it's exactly what happened. So, uh, we're taking a lot of the guesswork out. So let's touch on one of those shafts. So we're going to talk, we're going to cut cup, uh, talk about a few more shafts in the lineup and like price okay. points and all, all those different things. But the one shaft I think gets, uh, confused a lot because we see it on tour and most people think of, you know, like the, the you, you see shaft profiles and like a line, you'll see a high, mid, and a low or something like that. I know it's, it's a very much an oversimplification. But the Ventus Red, we've seen it in players' bags like Adam Scott. And we've seen it in, I think, I, I don't want to say Justin Thomas had it in play. I, I can't remember. I think someone tested it at one point. And we've seen it in players' bags. And a lot of people will rush to judgment and think, well, this is the soft shaft, or this is the this is the high spin shaft, and that really isn't the case. So let's let's really talk about that shaft specifically, not just for a driver, but why it seems to be very popular as well when it comes to fairway woods, because we see that at TXG, and uh, it is it's one of those things that I want I don't want to have to explain. I want to have it come from you guys. Yeah. So again, and I I really I don't like using the word soft and. Um, but I, I do with, the, with a lot of our products, it is softer from mid to tip than the Ventus blue and the black. It's got the same handle section as black. So, you know, it's, it's plenty stable toward, towards the handle. It just gives you a little bit more feel from, from mid, but any, any time a shaft is softer from mid to the tip, it will create a little bit more lead going into impact, which will raise the dynamic loft, which should raise launch and raise spin. Um, you know, I, I have seen uh, a number of players, you know, a few of them that might hit a Ventus black higher than red. But sometimes what, what I notice is, is when, when parts get too stiff, like a Ventus black, they start changing their swing and trying to help it in the air and swinging more up on it. So sometimes I do see that with, with, um, stiffer products. And there, there are guys that just bend it and deflect the shaft in a certain way. So you know, they might actually hit a Ventus red lower, but for the majority of players, yes, they should see a little increase of dynamic loft. They should see a little bit more launch and more, uh, and more spin. And the reason why it's so popular in fairway woods is because that's exactly what I need from a fairway wood. If, and one, I got to figure out what I'm using the fairway wood for. If it's strictly off the tee, then I might want something that's at like 27, 2800 RPMs of spin. But usually for a fairway wood, it might be a club that 
I don't want to hit it as far as my driver. It's a certain gap or a certain number that I got to hit. And if it's a par five that I can reach in two, I want this thing coming in from outer space and being able to just to hit and stop on the green. So that's why it works really well in the fairway wood because it helps get the golf ball up in the air, which I, I think a lot of people could actually, especially on the consumer level, they don't have the speed. Um, and so they're not creating the spin. And so I think a lot of consumer level could see a lot of success with Aventus Red, just allowing it to get up in the air, spin a little bit more, hopefully maximize that carry yardage and stop it on a par five and two if they need. Um, you know, and again, there there needs to be a specific goal in mind for the three wood. And, and we don't hit the three wood a lot during the round. So, you know, if, if it is something we use off the tee, I'll take a little, little lower spin. If it's something I need to use both, that 27 to 3,200 number is really good. And if it's something I need to bring in, hold a green, but 4,100 is perfect. So, um, you know, Ventus Red has performed extremely well in the fairway wood lineup, but so is blue and so is black. It's, you know, it's a lot of field based too, and everybody feels it differently. But I would say for the standard general consumers out there, if you want a little bit more launch and spin with your fairway, Ventus Red is a fantastic option. And then you're getting the enhancements of Velo Core and, and hitting center of the face, which, um, which is important for all clubs. So yeah, I think Ventus red is, is very good. Not only in the fairway woods, it's also good in the drivers, uh, as well too. Um, with drivers spinning so low, um, nowadays, I think a lot of people could benefit from keeping the ball in the air a little bit longer, but that all depends on course conditions that you're playing too. Um, but you're getting enough stability from the handle. So the shaft doesn't feel, you know, soft, which I hate using the word soft, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it's smooth, but stable. That is one of those things that I think a lot of, a lot of people almost, you know, at, at a certain point in time through like, you know, mainstream golf media, that's like a weird way to say it, but it was always this like launch it super high with very, very low spin. Whereas in reality, you know, you get too low spin, the golf ball becomes unstable in ball flight. And if you have a miss hit, it becomes extremely unstable. And that's the other part where, I think we've seen these, these parts on tour, like a red, for example, and people will ask, or golfers will ask, like, you know, wh why would they use a red? Like it's the one that's supposed to spin more quota for those who, this is obviously an audio thing. I am doing my finger air quotes here. It's like, that's going to spin too much. It's like, well, we also have to remember that beyond like a certain number of players on the PGA tour, a lot of them have almost, I don't want to use the word perfect, but they have more ideal swing dynamics to create higher launch and low spin without the use of trying to, you know, completely manipulate equipment to create those kind of things. Whereas in a fitting bay with a golfer that may have a consistent, but not a, a more optimized delivery dynamic, then being able to say, okay, like, look, you're already hitting up on it a few degrees. You're hitting like a, you know, this perfect kind of low spin shot we don't want you spinning any less because you're going to start missing fairways or you're going to start seeing this very unstable ball flight in the wind or something like that. And that's where I think a lot of players, you know, you're not looking for the same with fairwoods. You mentioned fairwoods there. I know I used to use a fairywood that would launch too low with not enough spin. And it was great off the tee because I, I was not and still am not considered a longer player. But this year, after going through another fitting again, I realized my three wood, when I do use it, is an approach into longer holes. And it's not helping me if it's coming in at like 30 degrees or less, yeah. like landing angles. So, you know, got a new, not a new three wood, got a new shaft in that thing and it's up and it lands soft. And, and I think that's the, that's the big key takeaway from this little part of the discussion is it's about optimizing for you and not just trying to like, you know, pick a number out of thin air to think that's going to, it's going to work best because in reality, a lot of times that isn't the case at all. Um, uh, so well, let's talk about the rest of the line. Now, I, again, this is not a visual medium, but you are wearing a, a Matore t-shirt. I also happen to have one of those from a PGA show a little while ago. And there's a couple more products in the line. So we've got the Matore, we've got the F1 and the F3, which is a, and the X, because it was like 10 years since the original ones came out. Um, and then we also have the Vista line, which I think covers just the whole gamut of players because a lot of people, think of aftermarket shafts and we get all the time at TXG is like, I can't afford that or it's not going to help my game or it's just, it's too expensive to like what I'm going to get out of it. Where in reality, there are a lot of options from Fujikura yourself as well that are out there that people can benefit from by going through a fitting. So let's talk, let's talk about the Matori line. 
little bit of yeah, history so, there, and let's get into the Vista line as well. Yes. So Motori X, X is for uh, the 10th year. Um, uh, it's because we, we, we came out with Motori F1 and F3 long ago, and I think it's been 10 years. So that's where the Motori X comes from. And um, the Motori, and then you mix it in with the Pro series of shafts, some learnings there was it was a softer handle section and then stiff from mid to the tip. So we, we utilized like in the F3, a little softer handle, giving players the ability to load the shaft and store bar energy and, and release that into the, in the ball and hopefully pick up a little bit more speed. Um, F3, you'll get a little higher launch with a little bit more spin. F1 is lower launch, lower spin. It's honestly built on a lot of similarities of, of Ventus because it did come out after Ventus. It's just, it's been Ventus for the world. You know, it's, uh, you know, I think it almost, a lot of people probably don't even know we have Notori X because it's just, it's been Ventus for so long, but um, it's going to have a little higher torque. It's, it's going to want to, um, it, it still uses the multi-material bias core. So you've got the HR 40 material. You don't get the pitch 70 that you get in the Ventus, which is the stiffest material that we're using on that bias sheet, but you are getting a multi-material bias core full length. You're getting a little softer handle, a little stiff, um, stiff from mid to the tip. And then it is a little higher torque. So a, a great product, a little lower on the price point for, for people that are price conscious and, um, two great, two great products that they're currently being used on the, on the PGA tour by a handful of players and they've performed extremely well on the consumer side. Uh, and then the Vista pro, the Vista pro has been something that has been around Fujikura as long as I've been there. Um, and it's, it's been rebranded and a, a lot of learnings uh, that we've, they, we've come along the way we've built these profiles and, and, but put them in lighter weights, which has been nice. So the Vista pro is available in that 40, 50, 60, 70, uh, and also available in hybrids and irons at 40, 50, 60. So, I mean, you could, you could get your irons at 40 gram, your hybrids at 40 grams, and your driver at 40 grams. If, if that, if so choose, a little higher torque, a little bit softer in the tip. The Vista Pros are going to launch a little bit higher. They're going to spin more, um, a little bit softer, much softer of a feel, but but a very, very well-performing golf shop. Probably our most popular in terms of units sold. Uh, we've got a lot of our dealers that are pushing these, these products and you know having the ability of lightweights. And then what's nice too is in the irons, those 40-gram irons, they hold steel swing weight at steel length which is hard to do for a 40 gram iron shaft. So you get that high density composite core in there made up of seven grams that's shoved down towards the handle that helps it hold steel. So I think you can get C nine or D zero swing weight on some Vista pro irons. Um, and you, and you can, which is incredible. And then you can match up, you know, your, your hybrids and woods, but yeah, the Vista pro is going to be that high launch, high spin, slower swing speed. Um, that, that definitely wants to get the ball up. Uh, very, very cost friendly. And then it would be the Matori X, which you're getting a, you know, HR 40 multi-material bias core. And then you get the, the Ventus, which has the pitch 70 and the HR 40. So it's just a difference of material costs and production costs. Um, but several options, you know, for all golfers, it doesn't matter your, your age, how fast you swing it. We make anything from 40 to gosh, I think Ventus runs up to a hundred, a uh, hundred grams. To, and we make an R3 flex all the way up to a, TX and a lot of these models. So we, we cover a lot of basis and we have a lot of products, but again, we're a fitting company and we're, we're trusting our charter dealer network to, to fit these consumers on a day in and day out basis using the launch models we discussed earlier. And it just gives them a lot of options and, and flexibility and know where to go. And uh, we try to train them up as best as we can and make them go through all the procedures to become a authorized Fujikura dealer. So there's smart guys out there. And if you haven't gone through the fitting process, you know, myself, I know you guys, you, you preach it all the time. It's a must do. Uh, it doesn't matter what your swing, what your age, what your handicap, you just have to go through and, and see how, see how these people can help. Because I guarantee if it's a hundred, you're trying to break, you can break that. If it's 70, you're trying to break, you can break that. You just got to go and make sure that the product is performing well, because we know it's, it's a lot of the shaft, but it's also some of the heads that we're using too. I mean, the difference in CGs and inertia and left-right bias of, of certain products or high spin, low spin of certain products, and you pair that up with the right shaft, there's a lot of options for a lot of different players out there. Yeah, it's, it really is a matter of, and I, I, use my, um, I use my dad as the example because he is like, a, we'll call him an 18 handicap. 
you can shoot, you can break 90, but you know, once in a while it gets up there and it gets close to a hundred, but like he is a legitimate, basically 18 handicap. And for the longest time, he would always kind of either buy what was on sale or what was used. He unfortunately is left-handed. I am right-handed or else he would have just the the, the greatest cast-offs <laughs> in the history of golf. Um, right. And I say that within in the nicest way possible, but for him, it was always like, okay, is this going to make, is it really going to matter that much? And he went through, finally, I convinced him to get fit. He, and like, you know, let's go in, let's hit some balls. Let's warm up. Let's go through your clubs. Let's go through everything else. And let's go through your woods to your irons and everything. And at the end of it, once he got his, like his new clubs, and this is just more of like a general fitting story for those listening is that he doesn't really practice anymore. Like he practices a little bit. Um, plays a couple times a week and he plays better now than he did before. And he's playing less. And the reason is his swing really hasn't changed, but he knows that like the clubs he's got from the grips down to the, from the shaft to the head, everything is optimized for him and his skill level and the, from the weight and the flex and all of these different things. And one of the other parts of this too, which I think is um, really kind of cool is the fact that I know you, you get this a lot. We get this a lot at TXG is the, you know, the flex idea, right? Like this flex, this weight, all of these different things. And he went to like a stiff flex steel, but a much lighter weight steel. So it's not a Fuji product. Um, those are actually in some of the woods, but for him, it was like, should I use stiff? And I'm like, well, yeah, because as I said earlier in the show, like, you know, steel is not is homogeneous. So like it's lighter, it gets softer. Like this just kind of what happens. And he was like, Oh, okay. It kind of took him like by surprise. And he hit them. He's like, okay, this is great. And it's like, you know, you see a, a 50 gram stiff plays different than a 70 gram stiff. They're for very different players, something like the, from the Vista to the Ventus. Cause we got Ian playing the Ventus black five X very different shaft from like a Vista five. Right. Right. Yep. But the, the end result is whoever that's for, it's going to work for them. Like those lines are separated because the flexes are all kind of in profiles are designed for those players into those different quote unquote buckets yeah. that you're going to fit those players into, right? Like that's really the whole goal of like having those lines and having those bend profiles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's why we make so many, you know, different bending stiffnesses. That's why we use our AI machine um, to, to give me that. It's like a, you know, an MRI that shows me the bending stiffness of a shaft from handle to tip. And then, you know, we also have one for torsional stiffness as well too, but yeah, it's, it's understanding um, you know, all the different profiles and, and what they should do. And then, yeah, if I gave you a Ventus Blue 6S, a Ventus Red 6S, and a Tori F3 6S, they all say S-Flex on them, but they're all performing completely <laughs> differently. Different, you yeah. know, um, it's it's depending on what we design that shaft to do. And um, yeah, the, the torque is complete. Like you said, from a Vista Pro to a Ventus Black, which Ventus Black is 3.3.0 or 3.2 to a Vista Pro, which is probably upwards of five or six, you know? So that's a big difference in the twisting um, um, of, the, of the product, not to only mention the bending stiffness too. The tip flex is going to be much softer in the Vista Pro than the, the Ventus Black. So yeah, they say S-Flex on it, but they're made made for completely different players. You know, the, the Black would probably be for somebody that loads it rare, pretty ag- aggressively or has potentially spin issues. I mean, I have seen slower swing speed players, uh, maybe we go into an X flex because it was the only way to keep their control down and their spin rate down. Um, you know, so I've never fit flex for speed. Um, I throw that out the window. Um, uh, it's just, you know, we, 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 we make a, a, a ton of different products and just because you move at a certain speed doesn't mean you qualify for a, a certain flex. I, w- I want that on a t-shirt now <laughs> we because I literally, we just had this discussion today. Uh, I was talking with Matt. So a lot of people know Matt from the lot of videos yeah. of TXG. We actually both used, I know he has in, in one of his, his driver. I have in one of my drivers is the Ventus 6X. Mm-hmm. And someone pointed this out when we were doing one of our lives on YouTube. And it's like, that's the same shaft Matt plays. And I'm like, yeah, but I also, I swing it like eight miles an hour less than Matt. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, he, like, he's a little, he's taller than me. We mm-hmm. arguably he's probably better good looking than me, swings it better <laughs> than me. But because of our swing profiles, we benefit in different ways from yeah. the same shaft because yeah. I'm not as fast, but I have a different load transition. So yeah. those kind of things are what 
people need to keep in mind. We don't, we need, we need that on shirts. Like we don't yeah. flex for speed. I love it. Cause I get that question all the time on Instagram. Yeah. I know Mike gets it as well. And it is yeah. one of those things where it's like, well, I swing this fast. I should. And it's like, no, that's like yeah. one half of like the whole equation of yeah. like what creates this. Um, and to the point as well, to the Vista line and the iron shafts, I got a set of Vista tour, like the, yeah, the tours, the one fifteens. Oh, building, the pros? Yeah. Yeah. Building those. Uh, this nice. is like just me nerding out at this point, but to your point of like getting, keeping the swing weight, um, they were, I was kind of like, okay, like this is cool. And I got a chance to build with a set of them. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I know. I didn't have I to know. manipulate anything. Like uh -huh. that's the coolest thing from a build perspective is being able to like how you look at it from an engineering problem to a fitting issue, to a building issue, right. From top to yeah. bottom and be able to create a product that's easy to work with and also easy to fit. I think that's really neat. Yeah, you know, and I don't, especially when the irons, like, it, let's just say a long time ago, graphite irons didn't hold steel swing weight at steel length. You always have to cut them a half inch over or add a weight to the hosel. And I never want to add weight to the hosel, you know, unless I have to, but that changes the dynamics of the club. It changes, you know, potentially the performance by, you know, if I have to add six grams to the hosel just to get this thing up to swing weight, it could be an issue. So yeah, it's the, the swing, the holding swing weight at uh, steel length is, it's, it's been a dream. I can, I can still remember now looking at when specs used to come out for golf clubs from almost all the manufacturers. And again, this is big box. We're talking 15 years ago and like, yeah, around that, like two thousands just after, and you get a spec sheet and like the spec sheet would be steel and graphite. And the difference was just like, we just put on half an inch. Yeah. That's it it. Like, <laughs> and, and, like there was no reason why other than the fact that because they were using say a 65 gram, Six, usually 65 to 70 gram was kind of like the stock graphite shaft and for a lot of OEMs. The reason they did that was just because we don't want it to feel too light. So we just, you know, we yeah. tack on a half inch and then you're trying to fit someone who's say five, five or something like that. You're like, this is not going to work. And right. you know, it's, it's amazing how that it doesn't seem like a big deal, but from yeah. a fitting perspective, it is such a big deal to be able to offer that to the players uh, yeah. from a, again, from a fitting and building level where, you know, when people talk about what has evolved in golf club technology, it's that it's the understanding yeah. of materials and all those different things that really does benefit the player at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's those little nuances, right. It's a, it's a length. It's um, you know, and, and my, my, my thing is, is what we're, why we're so far advanced just even from, you know, handful of years ago is just, you know, by keeping some variables the same, right. Especially with the heads and quick connect technology, you know, that that's been the nice thing. You know, I, I remember having to do fittings and you just, he, this guy would hit one head better than the other, but he wanted to try it with this shaft and I go get it, but it's in a different head and it performs terrible for him. And he's like, well, what's going on? And I'm like, this head was specific. So, um, you know, it had a certain lie, had a true loft and true lie that maybe was different than this head or a face angle that was more open or closed. So yeah, it's been huge, you know, especially with the, just the advances and how far we've come and, um, and making the fitting process so smooth, um, and, and easy to understand easy manipulate. I mean, players now have the ability to change face angles and lofts and lie angles. And, um, you know, if, if maybe the wind's blowing hard one day and the course conditions are tough, they have the ability to adapt and, and play some good golf, um, just based on these technologies that are coming out. So I, I think we've come a long way just in the past seven to 10 years. And, um, it'll be interesting to see how that continues to, um, evolve over time. Yeah, it's certainly, uh, I know I doing demo days and those kind of things in the past. And even now, like I know Trotty from TaylorMade has said, yeah. like he's talked about the the adjustable sleeve, which is now just like a very common place basically among all OEMs is that it's like a little tour van with a rent, like yeah. your little club is a little tour van. They show all kinds of stuff on the van. Trotty's obviously very into showing off all the cool stuff they do, but being able to adjust that and face angle and line angle and all these different things, which I remember it wasn't possible. Like no. I remember building golf clubs when you had a driver and you're like, okay, I want to try that shaft. Well, it's going to be another day. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a whole nother day to glue this up and try it out and take yeah. it to the range tomorrow. Now, now it's like, I got two tips. I got two shafts. Let's go to the range and yeah. test it out. And it's unbelievable. So yeah. it, it does make a big difference. And I know um, we're, we're always looking at ways in like from us again, a TXG to help with golfers play better. We're always looking for those little technology advances and we're seeing it. And I know you guys are a big part of that. Yeah. You know, we've been, the development, the R and D, you know, is, is, has been, it's been huge. And where I think we've excelled, you know, more than 
any other shaft company is, is our use and development of Enzo, which is a, I think we touched on it earlier a little bit, but um, it's a high speed 3D motion capture camera system that can show me how the shaft is bending, deflecting and twisting prior to impact. So I can know whether it's leading, lagging, drooping, twisting, how much loft impact. Okay. I mean, I can measure our handle speed through rotation. I can measure acceleration on an X, Y, and Z axis. So, um, so what we've done at Fuji is we've created, I call them the Frankensteins of shafts because they're all completely different in bending and bending stiffness and torsional stiffness. Um, but we test it with, with as many possible players. And we're still, we're, we're always testing players on it. Um, one to identify um, maybe some different swing types Two, we, we get as many people in there to get different club head speeds. Um, and then three, we're trying to find out what parts of the shaft influence ball flight the most, whether it's from a bending stiffness or a torsional stiffness and, and, and how could, maybe we can potentially move somebody's impact location if their toe side, maybe more back to the, you know, center or if the heel back to the center or low or high. Um, and, and then, you know, measure droop and twist. And yeah, we're the amount of information that we have now than we had 10 years ago when we started this thing, it's, it's astronomical. And we're just finally being able to uh, test irons. Now uh, irons was a little bit difficult because we have sensors that are on the heads and the shaft, but you know, anything that makes impact with the the ground, sometimes the sensors want to, um, you know, go flying off. So we, we just started the, the uh, you know, per, um, we just started testing irons that uh, on our Enzo system to try to see how they're interacting um, for all these uh, different club swing types and, and club head speeds. But to me, that has been the difference maker. We were always good at making product, right? We were always, you know, we had the EI machine, we had the tip flex, we had the butt flex, the CPM. Uh, we, we knew we had a very good understanding and through the uh, testing process of what our products do and how they're going to interact for, for certain players and swing types, but being able to see that in 3d space and, and for all those little data points that we weren't able to track before, we're able to track it now. And, and I think that's what separates us from, from everyone else and from, from our competitors is just our, our, our thirst for, for knowledge and a camera system that goes up to 2000 frames per second and gives us more data than we ever know, you know, <laughs> no, need to know what to do with. But, um, yeah, it's, I think that's, that's that next level that we're trying to take it to. And, and, and how do we improve upon, you know, products that were already good in the marketplace? Well, now we know why they're good and now we know how to make it better. And so that's, that's been, that's been the fun and challenging, um, part of my job that that it's the challenging part is to figuring out what's next but the the rewarding part is you know when we do have a finished product and we can look back and say man it hit all it hit on all levels on the tour level but also on the consumer level for all different club head speeds swing types i mean gosh if you look at like LPGA or corn ferry or champions or PGA tour or even the olympics i mean gosh you've probably seen ventus this thing's gotten more TV time than it knows what to do with. And, and that was just, that was a direct development from Enzo. That's where, that's where this whole shaft and this whole idea derived from. And we had the um, capability of testing it and validating it. And then you're seeing it perform highly on all levels. And then also on the consumer level, it's like the Ventus is almost on the, well, I think it surpassed that speeder, which we didn't know. We didn't know if we were ever, you know, going to be able to, to beat the icon speeder, but we, you know, we, I think we blew it out of the water with this part and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, the, the future generations um, that are going to come out and that are going to be developed through the use of this Enzo. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, we've come, we talked about it a little earlier. Like we've come a long way from using a mouse and a, and a vector launch monitor yeah. system. And uh, I can think of, you know, how cool it is. Cause I know you guys and I think ping also have, have one that they use for R and had the chance to go to Phoenix and see that. I haven't had a chance to see you guys. Um, but I know like to see that system in action and see all the information it spits out is like, this is nuts. And it's free. Like, yeah. again, it's, it's different from using a launch monitor because it's justifying a different level of information, different type of information, because you guys are looking at how you can control the shaft from a fitter's perspective, where we're with launch monitor numbers to see how we can affect the launch and, and all the other stuff. So, um, that's a, that's a pretty cool place to end it. Cause I think, you know, we got a lot of, 
we shared a lot there. Um, and if you're looking for more information, I know um, you take it's is it Fujikura just FujikuraGolfShafts.com or Fujikura.com? So it's FujikuraGolf.com. That's there our we website. Go. And then I think on Twitter it's Fujikura on tour, and then uh, Fujikura Fujikura Golf on uh, on Instagram. So our um, yeah, you know if you if you want more information, honestly, our website is is awesome. The guys do a great job there and you can geek out. I mean, you could probably see some EI profiles. You could get lost in all the specs that are, that are on there. And then, you know, any questions, you know, our, our sales team or, yeah, I think even my cell phone's probably on the website, you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, we just, we just want to, we just want people to enjoy this game and to play as good a golf as they can. That's, that's our mission. That's our, that's our sole purpose is how do we get people playing better golf? And, and we are making some amazing tools that, you know, allow these players to deliver the club and time it just right and to play the best golf they can. And to me, that's the biggest, that's the biggest reward I get is go taking a player and going through the fitting process and seeing their eyes light up, you know, whether it's distance or dispersion or maybe sometimes both. Um, and then they go out and they do it on the course and they want to come back and they tell me about it. I think to me, that's the most rewarding thing on the planet and on the tour level. Yeah. You know, our, our goal is to, you know, help these guys make more money and to keep their card, you know, and, and, you know, we want them to be loyal to us. And, you know, we've done a darn good job of understanding what our product should do from a ball of flight uh, standpoint, but we also get statistics on these tour players on a weekly day on a weekly basis. So I know exactly how they're hitting it on course, how they're hitting it on the range. I mean, it's, again, it's just like you said, we're arming ourselves with enough data to understand the full scope from the head to the shaft, to the swing type, to the speed. And if we can marry that all up, it's a, it's a great combo and people are going to play some great golf. That's awesome. Marshall, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I know we, we've been trying to do this for a while and for you to take the time to do this. I know like, like generally I, you know, I get, I get kind of down the wormhole of nerdiness. So I know feel like we've gone longer than we probably haven't taken a lot of your time. So okay. again, really appreciate it. And remember, uh, I know for myself, if, if people are curious, go out there, check out uh, fujikurgolf.com because they've got a really cool section on the Enzo. So I know we, we've kind of talked about it a lot here. If you want to see it in action, they've got a cool video there. I, I know I've seen a couple in the past as well. So be, be sure to check those out. And uh, Marshall, thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.